Welcome to the Cross Currents Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, and welcome again to Fishing at the Falls on TCC Radio, a series providing exclusive coverage of extreme team missions in Niagara Falls with the Cross Current. So far, we've introduced you to the what and the who of Extreme Team Missions with the Cross Current. And this time in part three called Extreme Momentum, we'll introduce you to the why, the importance of growing a gospel groundswell in your church that'll move all the saints to normalize sharing Christ. Just picture what your church would look like if every Christ follower were sharing Christ as just a normal part of their life and witness. Well, it's been our experience that God uses the commitment of your extreme team to catalyze the church-wide momentum necessary to make this normalization happen. And as we get rolling, let's lay the groundwork for what we call going the distance in local missions. Because God has promised that his name will be great among the nations, and Christ has also commissioned all of his followers to go into all the world, we believe that he's also given every local church an undeniable desire to go the distance in missions, starting first right where we're standing, right here at home. And the closest distance that we should all go to fish for the souls of men and women locally is with family and friends. At TCC, we believe that not only should every Christ follower be actively sharing Christ with family and friends, but because the majority of Christ followers don't serve on extreme teams, it just makes sense that we should equip as many believers as possible as soon as possible. And that's why most of the training TCC provides is actually in personal witnessing. That being said, in this episode, I also want to teach through why having a weekly extreme team of high-volume seed sowers is vital for catalyzing momentum for the long-term health and gospel growth in your entire church. And let me try and explain using what we call the groundswell principle. In science, a groundswell is a swell or rolling of the sea due to a distant storm offshore. And generally speaking, the further and stronger the storm offshore, the greater and wider and more enduring the groundswell when waves hit the shoreline. Well, as applied to evangelism in the local church, this concept paints a fairly accurate picture of the impact of weekly extreme team witnessing. Though an extreme team may only be a very small percentage of your church, the further and stronger the storm they create for Christ in your community, the greater and wider and more enduring the groundswell of gospel preaching when the waves of witness hit your church. Okay, well, where do we see something resembling this principle in Scripture, Corey? Great question. Well, listen to the extreme testimony in the early church. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. 
Here we have all believers, we're all in for God and his gospel. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Every believer was extreme in their commitment to Christ and his church. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to what? To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. The gospel was being consistently preached, and the fruit of the gospel was being constantly demonstrated, and there was not a needy person among them. All of their hearts were changed, and they were transformed people living transformed lives together. And that's a picture of how God uses the commitment of an extreme few to catalyze the momentum of the many. The momentum necessary to grow a gospel groundswell to make sharing Christ a normal part of everyone's life and witness. And he can do the same in your churches through extreme teams too. And now, let me set up what you're about to hear as we take you from the studio to the streets. First, you'll hear one-to-one conversation clips between our radio reps and a few folks in the falls. Then, you'll again hear raw footage of the more experienced open-air preachers we've trained. Finally, we'll wrap up with a few testimonies from other Christ followers who went fishing at the falls with us. And now, let's again go fishing at the falls. In the studio and on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show. Do you have any idea what God did? He died for us. He died for us. Okay, so so 2,000 years ago, he sent his only son, Jesus, to come down and live the perfect life that we couldn't live, right? So what I mean by that is he never told lies. He never stole anything. He never looked with lust. He never hated, which God says, by the way, if you hate somebody, you're, you're guilty of murder. Pretty heavy, right? Because if we're all honest, we've hated, so we're all, we're all murderers. Here's the thing. He was perfect in every way, but yet he knew what it was like to be human. See, he was 100% God, 100% man. And so he knew what it was like to be sick. He knew what it was like to feel tired. Everything that we feel, he, he feels that. But he was perfect. He never sinned in any way. Then at the age of 33, about 2,000 years ago, he went to the cross. And now this is what I want you to get, all right? I want you to understand this because a lot of people think that when Jesus was on the cross, he suffered at the hands of Roman soldiers. Like, and that was enough to satisfy the wrath of our sin. Well, if we go back in the Bible to Isaiah 53, it says it pleased the Father to crush him. Right? So what does that mean? Please the Father to crush him. Well, see, we are children of wrath. Ephesians 2 says we're children of wrath. And what we deserve is to spend an eternity. We, in Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it goes on to say in Romans 6.23 that the wages for our sin is death. So the wage that I get for my sin is death. That's what I deserve to spend an eternity paying for my sin. So we're doomed at that point, right? But Jesus, getting back, he never did any of those things. When he was, when he was on the cross... It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is what it says. Check this out. God made him, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin. See, he was never sinned. To become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, when he was on the cross, what actually happened was he became our sin. He took on the sin of the whole world, of those who were going to repent. 
of the whole world. And God the Father poured out His wrath, what we justly deserve to spend an eternity paying for. God the Father poured that out, and the justice was met, was satisfied in Christ, in Jesus Christ on the cross. I don't know if you've ever heard it told that way before. Have you ever heard it told that way before, Olivia? Yes, I did. You've heard it told that way before? Yes. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, what we need to do is we need to repent and put our faith and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. We can't go through a priest. We can't go through Mary. We can only go through Jesus Christ, right? And He intercedes on our behalf. And if we repent and trust in what He did on the cross, here's what God does for us. First of all, God declares us um, justified on the basis of what Christ did on the cross. He declares us legally justified, not on our basis, because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of His, his standard. So He declares us legally justified on the basis of what Jesus did on the cross. And then He adopts us as sons and daughters into His kingdom. We're not just we're not just servants, but we're sons and daughters in this kingdom. And, I, and and just if someone's listening on the radio and they're thinking, "Well, I don't have a father," well, he will be your heavenly father if you repent and put your faith and trust in him for the forgiveness of your sins. And then he sanctifies us, and then ultimately one day he's going to glorify us. He's going to make us perfect like himself, and we're going to spend forever with him in heaven. That's the good news of the gospel. So, what do you what do you think of all that, Olivia? Oh, well, I think that of what you're saying, if that you repent and you go to, like, if you give your life to Jesus, then you will be able to go to heaven, I think, yeah. Okay, and, and here, here's what I would tell people. We, of ourselves, are by nature children of wrath, all right? So we're dead in our trespasses and sins. How many dead people do you think have raised themselves to life? Um, I don't know. I don't know of any either, right? Here's the thing. We can't. We're dead. Now, 2 Timothy 2.25 says, God may perhaps grant us repentance leading to knowledge of the truth. See, God opens our eyes to the truth of the gospel. He is the one who grants us repentance. He literally reaches down and saves us to himself. Now, I never tell people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior because he already is your Lord and Savior, whether you accept him or not. I tell people that you need to repent and put your faith and trust in Jesus toward God. You need to beg God to grant you repentance leading to knowledge of the truth and that God will save you from His wrath and that you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Now, here's what Romans 10 says. Romans 10 says, um, if, you, if, if you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the... and believe in Jesus that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. First... First um, John 1 9 says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness do you, do you have a Bible? You, you have a Bible? what kind of Bible do you have? I don't know well, okay. I, well, I, I want to give you a gift for, for talking with us today would you like one um, like in English would that be okay? yeah Okay. I'll, I'll get you that thanks for talking with us on the cross current I appreciate that Dunk. Thank you. Uh, this is Eric with uh, TCC Radio, and we're here with Siobhan today down at Niagara Falls um, for an, an extreme team mission that we're doing down here. And uh, Siobhan, today we're asking people the million-dollar question, okay? Um, 
And we call it that because it's the most important question you'll ever answer in this life. And the million-dollar question is this, Siobhan. What happens when you die? Where, where are you going to go when you die? Um, personally, I don't really believe in an afterlife. I think, it's, I think it's good. I think it's good that people have a belief and they have something to hold on to, especially for those who are sick. Um, I think it's good that they, if they have a belief that they will be going somewhere when they die, I think it allows for a smoother transition into death and acceptance of death. So I think it's, it's good for people who are sick, but personally, just I don't believe we go anywhere. So you just believe that it's, it's just nothing after. Could you, could you be wrong about your view of the afterlife? Definitely. Like, nobody knows until they die. And there'll be no answer. Like, there's no way to ever answer that question. It's just what you believe in. Okay, yeah. And um, like I, I introduced you to our show a little bit before, uh, The Cross Current, we're a spiritual speaker's corner. It's a Christian program. So um, I'm coming from a viewpoint of, of believing the Bible, okay? Yeah. And so um, the Bible says that there are two places people go, heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. And you're standing before God, and he's saying, heaven or hell, where do you think that you would you would go? <laughs> um, I'd like to hope heaven, um, but I don't know. Like, it just, like, I, I personally have a problem with somebody, some force out there deciding based on what, if you're a good person or a bad person, because I think that's subjective to what you feel like you've done in your life. I don't think that is dependent on what somebody believes of you. So, right. I don't know. Either one. Okay. okay. Either one, whatever. There's a big difference, isn't there? Well, hell's hotter than... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so, uh, say you say you don't like the idea of someone judging you. Yeah. Um, if there is a God who's transcendent, who created you, who created everything in your life, who created your friends, who, cre who is putting breath in your lungs right now mm -hmm. and giving you life, mm -hmm. and he's the one who originally created you, do you think that in that case, maybe that God would have the right to to judge you no i grew up as a roman catholic um and a huge part of of catholicism is free will god puts you on this earth and and doesn't say do this or do that well in, other than the ten commandments um you have your free will to do what you feel and as long as you're not harming other people as long as you're living a life that you believe is good then i don't think like, if he wanted us to live in a certain way, he would have dictated a certain way rather than giving people free will. So I think the notion of free will wouldn't exist if he wanted us to just do a certain thing. Okay, I'm going to get back to something you said there, um, but I'm going to lay just a little bit of groundwork because you mentioned the Ten Commandments, right? And so, you, you, so in the Bible, God gives us the Ten Commandments. And what it says about the, the law of God <laughs> is that it's like a mirror. And we can we can look at the law of God and it will show us what kind of person we really are, okay? The truth about ourselves, so that we can see what we truly look like, right? And so I'm just going to go through a few of the Ten Commandments then. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is thou shalt not lie. Have you ever lied in your life? Yep. How many I, times have you lied? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. So how? what do you call someone who tells countless lies? A uh, pathological liar. <laughs> well, you end, yeah, you put the word pathological in there, <laughs> but it, probably because you're in social work, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, Here's another one. Thou shalt not steal. Have you ever stolen anything? No. Do you have any songs on your computer you didn't pay for? Oh, yep, I have stolen. Yep. Okay. So what is it? What do you call someone who steals things from other people? A thief. That's true. Here's another one. Uh, thou shalt not use the name of God in vain. 
right? So have you ever taken the name of God, the name of Jesus Christ, and used it in a way that maybe you'd use a swear word or a curse word and, and brought his name down to the level of irreverence? Um, probably in, in the heat of the moment, yeah. I think I might have. Yeah, have you, ever, have you ever like texted to one of your friends, OMG? Yeah. Okay, yeah, see, that's, that's called blasphemy. And the reason it's such a, a serious offense, the Bible says, is because you're taking the name of a holy God and you're, and you're really just turning it into nothing. You're saying it has yeah. no, no importance whatsoever, right? Yeah. Okay, thou shalt not kill. No, that I haven't done. Are you sure? You've never... Have you ever killed someone? Never. Okay, here's what Jesus said about that. Oh, God. Okay? Oh, shoot. I just did it. Yeah, you just <laughs> blasphemed again. Okay. All right, so Jesus said, if you've ever been angry with somebody without a perfectly just cause, just in the eyes of God, if you've ever been angry with someone without a perfectly just cause, then you're guilty of murder. And if you've ever hated someone, then you're guilty of murder also. Have you ever... Why is that? Why is that... Human beings are created in the image of God. That's what the Bible teaches, okay? And he says, how can a man say, I love God and hate his brother? It's impossible because man is made in the image of God. And so if we've hated someone who's made in the image of God, uh, God, God says that's just as bad as hating him, and it's considered murder in your heart. Okay. That's, okay. Do you understand that? Yeah. Okay, so we've gone over five of ten commandments. Yeah. How do you think you did? I think I've done really badly. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. We all know that Canada needs Christ, yet how are the lost to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? That's why we're asking like-minded Christ followers in Canada, will you help here at home with The Cross Current? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to raise the minimum support necessary to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to launch a new online training platform and release a new radio program to reach more youth and young adults for Christ, we need your support. As you pray for us, would you consider sowing into our ministry and then go to helphear.ca. That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R dot C-A and give. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel. We've all been created in God's image, endowed with His dignity. That's why we have things like human rights. That's why we have things like freedom. And that's why we can know truth and morality. We're unique in God's creation. And, and so because we have this dignity, we are accountable to God who created us and gave it to us. But instead of honoring Him in that, we've, we've spurned His authority in our lives. And that's where it comes back to truth. Is It's a matter of authority. See, if two people come with opposing arguments and they have no they have no authority behind it, then it's just as meaningless as the man who says he's a, a potato. There is nothing behind it. But with authority, God, who created everything, has revealed himself such that you can know him. But the problem is that God is good and he is just and perfect. And we are wretched and we are sinful and we spurn even his love. We don't want Him. We don't want God, and we don't want His authority in our lives. We want to be the authorities. And so we reject Him, reject His authority, even if it means we're reduced to just foolishness. But guys, there's, this is a message of hope. is that though we've been corrupted by sin, though we've been corrupted in our, in our thoughts, our word, and our deed, 
that we have sinned against God and earned His justice, His wrath against us, which for those who die in that state of rebellion against His authority, they will spend forever paying for it in a place called hell. And that's very serious. In verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 2, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, and by grace you have been saved. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, lest any man boast. It's not a result of works. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, with God, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. You see... We were created with a purpose. God created you with intrinsic value and purpose. To know Him, to enjoy Him, to worship Him forever. And none of us in our natural state fulfill that unique and given inherent work and mission. How, is, how can God show His love to you if you're under His wrath and His judgment? And as I spoke earlier, only by the cross of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells me that Jesus went to a Roman cross. But a man dying on the cross isn't anything uh, exceptional. That used to happen to thousands of people back in those days. What was unique about the cross of Jesus Christ is that he was the only one that didn't deserve it. Jesus Christ lived a sinless, perfect life. The only life that could be lived in such a way. We could have never done this, but he did it. And he willingly went to the cross. You see... By all of our sins, in a sense, we put Jesus on that tree. But to a greater degree, Jesus says, No one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord, by my own accord. So Jesus Christ willingly went to the cross on behalf of sinners just like you and me. You see, the true gospel of God is the only one that reduces all our boasting to nothing. Christianity is boasting excluded. I'm the chief of sinners, the Apostle Paul said. He used to kill Christians. He wrote half this book, almost. The pure, unadulterated gospel is one where the grace of God is the only reason why anyone could be saved, the Bible tells me. Based on your experience today, why would you recommend that followers of Christ take their churches to an extreme team mission with the cross ground? What do you think? Well, like, God said it in His Word. We actually need to go and make disciples of all the nations. And, and also the Bible says, like, how are they going to know if no one goes there and shares the gospel and, and, and reaches it? So we need to go. We need to have that heart and that passion for all those lost souls that are out there because we know the truth. And we should be just rejoicing and being so happy and, and diligent of what God has commanded and go there and just... Just be faithful and share the truth because it's not up to us to actually save someone. He's the one who saves, but he saves through us, through us just saying his word and being faithful to him and being obedient and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Because I think it's an opportunity to learn, really. And it's not necessarily about standing up in the soapbox, but you know what? It's about being here with your brothers and sisters and praying. And you know, there's somebody... Right now, we've been praying for that their feet would stay still and that their ears would be listening. And you know what? They're having that opportunity to talk. And you know what? What? It's an encouragement to us as Christians. That's right. And I think, you know what? We get scared. And everybody needs to come because God 
answers that fear. Amen. Amen. We, we would say that uh, the best antidote for fear is faith. I think the, uh, the biggest thing I've seen in uh, today and other mission and outreach, street outreach, is uh, the importance of uh, making the uh, sharing of the gospel a normal part of the Christian experience. To be saved and followers of Christ, we need to be uh, sharing the gospel with others. You know, it's kind of like um, the illustration of if we're, if we're not sharing new life, we'd stop receiving new life. It's the, the, our lives are only as alive as we are sharing with others. And so I think it's important that uh, all Christians um, it, it, to share the gospel regularly. Um, because it really grows you in your walk with Christ. This summer, we invite you to take your church The question is, where will you spend eternity? to the extreme. Extreme Team Missions with TCC allow you and your church to receive personal mentoring from some of the most experienced evangelists and open-air preachers in Canada. Do you think if you died today that you'd go to heaven? For more information on enlisting your team, visit thecrosscurrent.com slash Extreme Team Missions. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. Will you help here, H-E-A-R, at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To pray, give, and go with us, visit helphere.ca. Hello, this is Paul Washer, and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. Thanks again for tuning in to Fishing at the Falls on TCC Radio, our exclusive coverage of Extreme Team Missions with the Cross Current. In part one, called Extreme Missions, we set the stage by giving you the what, the big picture purpose of Extreme Team Missions with TCC. In part two, called Extreme Mentoring, we introduced you to the who of Extreme Team Missions, the faithful men and women who serve Christ by equipping his followers for the vital work of evangelism. And in this part three, called Extreme Momentum, we talked the why of Extreme Team Missions and the importance of growing a gospel groundswell in your church that'll move all saints to normalize sharing Christ. Make sure to join us next time for our final part four called Extreme Multiplication, when we'll cover the how of Extreme Team Missions. How can you get equipped to champion the cause of the gospel in your own local church and multiply the ministry of local missions and others? Well, tune in next time to find out. Please visit us online at tccradio.com to hear this podcast and to access all resources related to this episode. I'm Corey McKenna, in the studio and on the street, keeping the cross current in our culture. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. Will you help here, H-E-A-R, at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, 
We need your support. To learn how to pray, give, and go with us, visit helphere.ca. That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R dot C-A. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.